This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast, where we are driving, Megan and I, once again, from Line Dancing earlier tonight. We are continuing our article, 13 Things You Should Give Up If You Want to Be Successful, and relating it to the world of Line Dance. Number eight, give up multitasking. The quote at the top, you will never reach your destination if you stop and throw stones at every dog that barks. Winston S. Churchill. Successful people know this. That's why they choose one thing and then beat it into submission. No matter what it is, a business idea, a conversation, or a workout. Being fully present and committed to one task is indispensable. Well, I got a couple thoughts on that one. Go for it. Uh, first and foremost, put your damn cell phone down. <laughs> um, be present oh, in the dance. On the dance floor, yes. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a big one for me. Um, whatever it is, either A, be on the dance floor and dance, or go and, you know, take care of what you need to take care of off the dance floor. But that's, that's a huge multitasking where you really can't enjoy music or the moment or the experience if you're distracted like that. Um, another thing is, although I like learning multiple dances, yeah. I think it's really, really, really important to solidify a dance into your body by practicing it over and over and over. Um, as opposed to, okay, yeah, I mostly have that one. Next, next dance. Um, I love dances right now, like, um, more dessert, and I love, uh, whip it, and I love funk and feel it, because those are all dances that I've finally gotten into my system enough that now I can play with them which really makes it mine, as opposed to some of the other ones that it's kind of like, I kind of have that one, and I kind of have that one too. And yeah, I sort of have that one. Um, I feel like I'm not doing the dance justice, I'm not doing the choreographer any good, and I'm certainly not doing myself any good. Um, That's currently all that came to mind. I'm sure once you start saying some things, that things will pop up. I definitely agree with what you mentioned about learning multiple dances at the same time. Um, they can start blurring into each other and getting confused, especially when they have like similar openings or similar combinations of steps that you're seeing in multiple dances, and then your body wants to do this other thing because you just did that one earlier to, earlier that day. Um, I feel like it's acceptable with choreography to be working on different dances at the same time because sometimes something that doesn't work for one might work for another one that you're working on. Uh, so in that sense, they can sort of cross-pollinate. Um, learning fundamentals. Uh, if you're kind of learning little things along the way, that can be good uh, if you're like applying them differently. Uh, however, if, if you kind of just dive in and say, well, no, I'm just going to start doing something like instructing or whatever, and I'll do my learning while I go, it might be better for the students that you teach to learn as much as you can in one big chunk, and then when you feel like you're as prepared as you can be for the best possible lesson, then teach a lesson. 
as opposed to just trying to stay like one step ahead of them or something and have to replace things that you taught incorrectly with, whoops, that's what I thought things were because this is all I knew at the time and then I learned this extra tiny little nugget so I'm going to tell you differently from what I taught you last week. Sometimes it can be nice to just chunk all your learning and go and clean. Next is number nine, give up your need to control everything. The quote is, some things are up to us and some things are not up to us. Epictetus, Stoic philosopher. Differentiating these two is important. Detach from the things you cannot control and focus on the ones you can. And know that sometimes the only thing you will be able to control is your attitude towards something. Remember, nobody can be frustrated while saying bubbles in an angry voice. choreographing and you feel like you need to micromanage every little thing that the dancer does uh, because you think that, I mean, to some extent, if there's something that they might not have thought of that feels really good for you, then you can throw it in as like a styling option or if it really just would look better if everybody did it, then maybe put that in as an actual step. But you also, I mean, if if you want people to have a little bit of wiggle room and make it their own. You gotta leave them some space for like work from homes, go crazy here, just do something fun, do whatever comes to mind. Uh, it doesn't always have to be that explicit, it could just be something like a walk walk and then let people decide what they're gonna do with that. Or you know, shake your hips and then you know they'll decide whether that means bump twice to the right, twice to the left or right, left, right, left, or full circle, or whatever it might be. If you tell them exactly how to move at every point in the dance, and it's not really necessary, they might be able to learn it and do it, but maybe they can't play with it, and maybe that's something that some people would want to do yeah. when they dance a dance. So yes, for choreogra- uh, choreographing a dance, I would say that would be an example of giving up your need to control everything. Uh, for teaching as well, if other people learn in a way that you don't like to teach but it's going to be effective anyway like let's say you don't like counts because it feels too cold or something you like to do all descriptions uh, and you tell people just learn how to learn from the way I teach don't don't think that your way is right in your own context no like my way is the way you should be learning that's not going to help people and that's not going to make them feel like they are their most comfortable in your lesson. They might just decide they're gonna learn that dance on their own and not pay the $5 cover or whatever it is and support your local class. They might just go off and do their own thing because at least the video makes them feel like they're not weird for doing it their way. If you try to micromanage every bit of your lesson and don't give them the wiggle room to you know, come up with some mnemonic device on their own and maybe give them some suggestions or hints, Um, then, yeah, they might not learn as effectively. Okay. Um, Some of the things I was thinking of is you're not always going to be able to control who comes out onto the dance floor. Mm. Um, Whether they be a 
DJ's going to play. And knowing that that is the case, being aware that, um, you know, it's, it isn't in your control is kind of crucial, if you ask me. Because um, that also allows you to figure out, like, which dances you're going to at home uh, we are navigating the Palm Springs area for the first time uh, heading back from Big Shot Billiards to uh, the hotel in Palm Springs where we stayed the last few days uh, for Palm Springs land incident and we just made the the crucial uh, exit that we needed to, uh, to to facilitate our speedy transport home so thank you for bearing with us during this time of whoops we're multitasking. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's yeah, all right. Um, as for uh, furthering the uh, giving up control, you will have certain control in the extent of like which dances you choose, but knowing that you don't have the control over which dances the DJ plays might give you more inclination to choose to dance more dances. So, that's kind of where I went with that one. Oh, and also, um, maybe for instructors who teach things a certain way, and then the dancers just dance it how they end up dancing it. It can be frustrating, and even if you're a dancer who just prefers vanilla, and everyone else is doing something that they all taught each other when you weren't looking or something, yeah. um, if that's how they enjoy it, if that's what keeps them coming back every week, that's really the important thing. It would be nice if we all kind of agreed on what we're doing, because that's what line dance is built on, really. But um, but you really have to keep that balance of, like, are they enjoying it? Because maybe, maybe you give them all ten bucks to do it vanilla some, some random day, because you just want to see it done that way. Like, maybe they can do it. Maybe they'll take the ten bucks. But are they going to like it? Like, they'll like the $10. I think that's about it. Like, right. if they have to not do the thing that they enjoy, then why would they do it? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> I'm wondering if there's anything for event managers that need to control everything. I guess maybe you can aim to have a certain culture at your event, and you'd want things to go a certain way. Uh and you can maybe hire on the kind of staff that you think will facilitate that environment because they will create it themselves. Um, but really, ultimately, what happens is what happens. And you just kind of... Very much. You know, whether, whether you uh, got what you were hoping or not, you know, there's always next year. Or there's always your next event. And you know, maybe you can learn from how things went the, the time that they went that way. Number 10, give up on saying yes to things that don't support your goals. And the quote here is, He who would accomplish little must sacrifice little. He who would achieve much must sacrifice much. He who would attain highly must sacrifice greatly. And that quote is from James Allen. Successful people know that in order to accomplish their goals, they will have to say no to certain tasks, activities, and demands from their friends, family, and colleagues. 
In the short term, you might sacrifice a bit of instant gratification, but when your goals come to fruition, it will all be worth it. Yeah. I definitely do get... I have a few things, but I'd really like to hear what you have to say. Uh, the first thing I thought of is, yeah, I could go on Reddit for an hour, but how many dances could I learn that are for the next event that I'm going to? Um, how, how many could I at least get a foundation on in that period of time? Because the thing that I will read on Reddit will come and go, and the foundation that I lay is going to help for something that I could be doing for the next five years or how longer, you know? Uh, if it's a dance that I've wanted to learn for a while and I'm just procrastinating, procrastinating, uh, really just that taking that time, setting aside that time when I would otherwise be doing something fruitless and minor, uh, taking that time is going to pay off in such a very long run. So that is a, uh, an example that I, I definitely see with you know, Big Bang coming up. Um, where you can you can give up the things that don't support what's more important. True. Um, I have a little bit more personal one on that. Mm. Is um, not exactly giving up in that sense, but still saying no to maybe like friends who don't quite understand. Telling you that you need to quit and being able to say no to that because that does not support your goals, or even friends who may, friends or family, uh, that may criticize and really, they just really don't get it. They don't understand what um, your passion i.e. in my case, line dancing, uh, what it does for you, because for some reason they haven't found theirs yet, um, saying, no, I'm going to do this because this matters to me, uh, it's important to me that, I mean, that's a really big thing, and it's really hard, it's a really big challenging endeavor to go through, um, the other thing personal-wise was um, when I had quit the team. Mm -hmm. uh, that was, in my opinion, a mutual neither one of us supported the other's dreams in the way that it needed to be. So I had to say no more team uh, because they wanted different things than I did. And so that that was another situation dance-wise in which I had to give up something or say no to something simply so that I can follow what matters most to me. Um, another thing is, uh, sometimes you got to give up learning that song that you're halfway interested in so you can have a rest. Yep. If you're not completely sold on it, you don't have to learn it. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice just to watch what people do with it. As for instructors or event managers in that sense, like you don't have to take every job and you don't have to hire every instructor. If, say, 
you're trying to accomplish. Mm. You know, you have so many different events out there and so many different instructors that if you're looking for a certain feel, having someone who's really, really hyper, but you want someone who's more, like, relaxed, saying no to them and going with somebody else. Or, you know, it's okay to say, no, I really need to stay home and be with my family this weekend because I've been traveling for the last three months. That too. I mean, obviously, yes, it's important that you make money, support your family, but at the same time, it's important for you to be present in your family's life too. Good points. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. uh, What occurred to me for instructors and choreographers, and I guess it starts just from being a dancer, is giving up on some of the little fudging and faking things that you started out with and um, might need to leave behind when you're actually teaching dance. Like, let's say you're just a dancer, quote, just a dancer. Like, you just do what feels fun and comfortable and, like, all the people around you are doing it that way, so you just do it that way. But then you decide you want to get serious about it, you want to actually teach and, and be taken seriously as an instructor that anyone would trust to teach their class. Now, you have to look at things like step sheets. And you can't just say, oh, this is that part where you just make up a, a step name. Like, if there's an actual step name, and you know, you, all your friends have been calling it this one thing, and you just call it that thing, it's, it might be time to let that go. Maybe you tell people a little story about this is how I used to call it that, but if you really want to help people and like step it up a bit um, then then there are some of those things where um, you used to say just do this part here I mean they say this in the step sheet and everyone else around the world does it this way but I don't like that part so do it this way instead you can give that up like I think that's worth giving up for like the overall greater good of being an instructor anyone could count on I feel like there's probably something for DJs as well. It's okay to say no to a song. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, even if you think it's going to, uh, you know, make a person kind of sad, um, if you don't play that song... If you think they're the only ones that might know it. Yeah. And the goal is to, is to make the most people happy as possible and to keep the business alive and... If you're able to, that's great. You know, make that one person shine. But otherwise, like, it's all right to, to not win them all. You know, 99% is still good. I think in Louis' interview, he talks about, like, making 80% of that, the floor happy is really good. It might have even been a lower number than that because it can be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Number 11. Give up the toxic people. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Jim Rohn. People we spend the most time with add up to who we become. There are people who are less accomplished in their personal and professional life, and there are people who are more accomplished than us. If you spend time with those who are behind you, your average will go down, and with it, your success. But if you spend time with people who are more accomplished than you, no matter how challenging that might be, you will become more successful. Take a look around you and see if you need to make any changes. That's very relevant to what you just said. Yeah. Um, 
have to challenge yourself in line dancing, that could mean taking up that little bit harder dance or that little bit faster dance or, you know, reaching out to, um, you know, your local choreographer slash instructor and being like, hey, you know, I need to work on this or something to that extent. And really using the tools that are out there for you. Because if, if you really are the average of the five people, why, would not, why wouldn't you surround yourself with people who are better than you? And, you know, that also goes along the lines of, like, choreography. Like, ask for feedback and talk to people who are already established and really get a feel for like how their process works um, because they have years of experience on you and they've had those struggles and they've figured out oh you don't do that that's that's that is how you end up with half a dance not a full dance or something to that extent and that also brings me a little bit to um, the conversation we had earlier with Joe about how like, it really defeats the purpose of asking for feedback on a dance if you've already published it. says sometimes with uh, business where it's okay like if you have a system that's going really well for most of your customers but some of them are being just pains in the butt and nothing you do is right and you're just tired of dealing with them it's okay to say you know what Um, my competitor does this and that other thing and it's very similar I think you would get great service from them you're essentially firing them as a customer um, in a way that normally you would think of as you know, the other way around. Like, you are removing that unpleasantness from your job because it would bring down everybody's experience if you kept them around. So if you're a DJ and you just need to not cater to somebody who's making life difficult, maybe they'll stop coming back and maybe that's okay. It would be great to, like, make everyone happy. And if they could get along in harmony with everyone, that would be ideal. But um, if they're not contributing to the atmosphere, if they make people uncomfortable, if they disrupt everybody else's evening, then you might need to find a way to make them happy someplace else. Also, if you go to a local venue and every time you go there, you are uncomfortable and the people maybe are not welcoming and you've tried everything and things just don't seem like they're going to change, 
you don't necessarily have to dance only there. You can go someplace else, even if it's far, uh, or you can try to start something else, uh, start something new. And it might take a while to go from you know, teaching people beginner things to intermediate to whatever level it is that you would like to be n- normally at. Um, but it still beats just having to settle for an environment that does not does not lift you up and does not make you feel good about the time that you spent there. True. So that's a very direct example of giving up toxic people because um, you don't want to become like that um, by being around them. Correct. Yeah. So let's see. I guess that applies for DJs firing certain dancers. Um, event. Oh, yeah. If you're an event manager and... Uh, I mean, I guess some sometimes sacrifices have to be made where uh, if a lot of people like a certain instructor but they just wear on your nerves, sometimes you can kind of suck it up and say, well, at least it makes the people happy. But if it's making your event worse because you find yourself like sabotaging yourself thinking, I really don't like what I have to do uh, to make this person happy, uh, and that that's going to make me not want this event to continue. So I'm going to make this thing go wrong, and like I'm going to blame it on them. Like, no, just you know, maybe attract fewer people with a less known but more pleasant person at your event, and you'll be happy. The people will be happy. It'll all be good. And then the other one, whoever is making it difficult, they can find somebody they're a better fit with. True enough. Mm-hmm. The other thing to keep in mind with that too is that. You know, not all these choreographers just teach their dances. Mm. So, along the lines of, like, you could find, essentially, a better suited instructor is... That doesn't mean that, like, this very, very popular dance by choreographer A can't be taught by instructor B. Mm. True. So. Oh, and if you are a choreographer and along the way of the whole process... You've always choreographed with a person that you think you need. Like, they tell you to do this or that because, you know, they've got the expertise in it. um, And they're really giving you a leg up, but they make you feel bad about yourself. Like, if they're doing it in a way that you don't like, um, then I guess technically you are being helped. um, And they are speeding things up. But if they make you feel bad, like you did something wrong or ugly and shameful then maybe you're better off just figuring it out the hard and long way yourself it's okay to fire them as well as co-choreographer just because it's always been that way and that's always been the professional relationship you've had doesn't mean it needs to continue on that way and there are other options out there uh, that'll make you a lot happier and it'll probably come through in your dances eventually as well yeah very much so Mm -hmm. Mm. Oh, and also give up the toxic people can apply just to the dancers. If you think that you know there's some group of friends that you have to go with all the time, because if you go alone, you're going to look like you have no friends. But the people that you go with, you're only doing it because you already know them. You can carpool. Uh, but they, you know, if they're, if they're the kind of people that they're not very good friends, they tease you and stuff, and they say, "Oh, he's going to do that thing again. Hey, do that thing out on the floor. They love it when you, you know." do that monkeyish move or whatever like yeah. if if they're making you feel not as good as you could feel in your dance experience it's okay to make new friends <laughs> carpool with them instead yeah yeah 
All right, <clears throat> number 12. Oh, this is very relevant. Give up your need to be liked. Uh, the only way to avoid pissing, oh, pardon the language, pissing people off is to do nothing important. Oliver Emberton. Think of yourself as a market niche. There will be a lot of people who like that niche and there will be individuals who don't. And no matter what you do, you won't be able to make the entire market like you. This is entirely natural and there is no need to justify yourself. The only thing you can do is to remain authentic, improve and provide value every day and know that the growing number of, quote, haters means that you are doing important things. Anything on that one yet? Absolutely. Um, Guyton, I think, even mentioned it in uh, his one of his line dancer interviews at the Crystal Boot Awards backstage, saying um, in the beginning people didn't like him. They didn't like what he was doing. They didn't get it. Uh, but over time, there were, there were enough people to sort of see, wow, this is this is something I could do. I like this, and people have supported and followed him since then. Um, sort of proving that what he did did have value. It was different. It was weird for them, but it it showed its own um, you know, beauty as people got more acquainted with it. So in the choreographer sense, um, yeah, you might not appeal to everyone. You might not be everyone's cup of tea. Uh, maybe your style is not their style, and 49 of them vote for your dance on Copper Knob to be one star, whereas you might have you know, 200 or something people who love the, the thing that you just put out, but only one of them votes. So it makes it seem like, oh, nobody likes me. Maybe I should change. Maybe I shouldn't express my truth in dance. But don't worry about that. Like if, if what you're doing is still making you happy and it's not hurting anybody, you're not putting in steps that are breaking anyone's necks, like, just keep being you. Because it is, and really, it is kind of a, a market niche. You know, there are some people who just like nightclubs, and if you, all you want to do is nightclubs and waltzes and things like that, there are people who are going to seek you out for exactly that, just like people will look for funk and hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Um, as for giving up the need to be liked, specifically the one that came to mind was choreography. Mm-hmm. Um, I was recently asked... question in which I actually had to really process my own thoughts and feelings on the topic of why I want to be a choreographer and uh, he had asked me he goes goes, because if it's just so that people like you and you get attention you're in for a rude awakening because not everybody's going to like your dance and he had asked me how, what I thought about the idea of, like, say I got a dance together, I taught it to 100-plus people, and none of them like it. What then? How do you think you react? So I had to do some soul-searching. And when you give up the need to have people like you, you discover that you're the one who's stuck with you. So, in order to not be stuck with you, you should probably like yourself. Mm -hmm. So, if you start figuring out what it is about you that makes you special and unique and worth something, and you start liking yourself, 
yeah, I mean, obviously, no one wants to be disliked by everybody, but you need people to like you less when you like yourself because it's like, well, I don't care. I wanted to do this my way. Did it my way. I am who I am. You're just going to have to take it or leave it. But as for, like, when you're worried about, well, are they going to like me? Are they, are they going to be happy? Are they, what are they going to think? It really takes you out of the moment when you're dancing and when you're trying to come up with some choreography because you're going to second guess yourself. You're going to trick yourself into failure by doing that because of the fact that you're so just distracted. And so maybe there's things in which you would normally not put in your dance but because it's a move that everybody likes, um, it may actually interrupt the flow of your dance and it may even miss out on a potential new move that everybody could like. Uh, just because you're so worried about what they do like already and how to have them like you. Mm-hmm. Um, as a dancer, I mean, it's, it's human nature. that You're not going to like everybody, period. Not everybody's going to like you, but if you are having fun out there, if you're letting go, you're going to be a majority of it, you will be accepted. I know I told um, a lady earlier today, I said, she had mentioned like something about my dancing and I said that, you know, that was a very sweet compliment. Thank you for that. The way I see it. If you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. And she kind of looked at me and she goes, see, I'm always just so worried about like what other people are going to say. I was like, well, why do you, why do you dance? And she was like, well, cause I'm happy when I dance. I was like, so then why does it matter? And you know, she had to take a minute and think about it. I was like, are you having fun while you're dancing? She was like, yeah. I'm like, then you're doing it right. What does it matter if you're you know, missing a step or you add your own variation or anything like that. And she goes, I like that. I'm stealing that. I'm like, go for it. (laughs) You know? And it's all because like that idea of like, if you're the one who's enjoying it, you're the one who's happy and you're not hurting anybody. Does it really truly matter how many people like you or your moves or anything like that? Mm -hmm. I think intent is huge there because that also applies for events. Like there are some skits that some people I'm sure would question like what's going on here? Like this isn't, this isn't appropriate or this isn't what I came here for. Um, And DJs sometimes say things or do things in a way that can be polarizing and we've heard about you know love and hate relationships that people can have with DJs, um, but if they're not trying to like belittle anyone, if the skits are all in good fun, and you know all the instructors are enjoying them, and most of the people there are happy to see them in these like strange situations, um, and the DJs are just kind of goofing off with their buds, like it's not to exclude anyone, it's. I mean, from what I've seen, it's always to like bring people in. Like we're all experiencing this together. You know how how absurd is this situation that we are currently confronted mm-hmm. with? Um, but maybe with more profanity. Yeah, um, a little bit. Yeah, uh, like 
there's no harm meant to be done. So if if you just assume the best for people, um, then you might find that you like them more. And the people who are just kind of doing the things that they're doing, if they're not worried, if, if they know that at heart um, they're just doing what's most comfortable and um, and it is meant to be like a good good-natured thing, then the kinds of people who appreciate that kind of humor or those kinds of skit performances at the event, they will go and be with that DJ and with um, the event managers who put on that event because that's for them. They feel good there. They feel like they're part of the the group that's being catered to. And other people can go to the other events where it's the opposite. You know, there's something for everyone. That actually came up in an interview I did earlier today uh, with the Dornstedts. Um, I asked them if they have any ask or anything that they would like to see changed or uh, happen differently in the community. And they said, no, there's so, there's so many options that you don't really need to change anything. Uh, people can just find the thing that's best suited for them. You don't have to change everything to suit one person's tastes. True. Yeah. So if you are concerned that your vision is not going to be liked, you know, whether it's your event or your song selection as a DJ um, or your steps that you're putting together as a choreographer, um, or if you're a dancer and you're just expressing yourself, you're doing. I mean, I'm sure there are people who disagree with how flowy somebody in a cowboy hat, a guy in a cowboy hat, is moving. Uh, they don't have to be in the room with that flowy cowboy. You know, if a, if a girl is wearing a backwards hat and doing a bunch of stompy hip hop stuff, they don't have to be around that either if it bothers them. Like we all have these choices that we can make. And it's not up to the person who is um, who's been who's receiving the side eye from the the critic. It's not up to that person to change themselves to be liked by the critic. If the critic has a problem, the critic can take a walk. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As long as the intent is good. Okay. Number thirteen: Give up your dependency on social media and television. The trouble is, says Jack Cornfield, you think you have time. Impulsive web browsing and television watching are diseases of today's society. These two should never be an escape from your life or your goals. Unless your goals depend on either, you should minimize or even eliminate your dependency on them and direct that time towards things that can enrich your life. It is shocking to me how little I see some of these folks on social media, who like the, the big names in the line dance world. I'll see some people, and I, I mean, I haven't done any scientific studies on the correlation between this or anything, but I've seen people who don't really put out much of anything, um, and they'll be all over the internet um, you know, with this or that comment or like or whatever, and... There's nothing necessarily wrong with that. Um, sometimes they'll do it in like a, it's very rare that you'll see it in a critical way. But uh, you know, conversely, you can also note the relationship between a person who very seldom posts anything online, does not give you all the updates on all the activities in their life, and then, boom, amazing dance comes out, and then two months later, same thing. Like, maybe the time that they're not spending 
just consuming other people's stories and news feeds and timelines and everything like that. Maybe the time that they're not spending on all that input is being spent instead toward creation and output. Could be. Yeah. Um, I guess it goes along the lines a little bit for me in the sense of putting down the cell phone again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really hard because like nowadays social media is a great way for line dancers to really connect with other line dancers mm-hmm. across the country and the world and you know send information that way and like see what they're up to so that's that's where it's, that one would be probably on this list the trickiest one for me um tv is whatever i mean i think i finally watched tv for the first time in like four months like two weeks ago like it's not not something that I'm normally like, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this TV show. It's like, uh, yeah, I have all this stuff to do, so I'm gonna dance, or I'm gonna learn a new dance, or I'm gonna see what dance something is up to, you know. And so, like, TV for me is just like a whatever. I already gave that up for the most part, but like social media is certainly a way I use to connect with my friends in SoCal. Mm-hmm. And now my friends in Denver and my friends in Florida and my friends in Canada. Malaysia. And Malaysia. And like, I mean, just all over the world. And it's like, yes, I could write them on an actual letter, which is definitely a cool idea to send like a postcard or an actual handwritten letter because it's just not done anymore. So that would make it special. But it's also really easy just to tag them in something. Hey, I saw this video. Thought you might like it. Or, great job on your dance. Like, that looks amazing. I can't wait to try it. Or, you know, like, just whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to connect with people. The difference is maybe moderating it. Absolutely. Um, and not, like, missing out on everything else because that's all you ever do. Um I love the idea of like some of our friends who film when people are out on the dance floor. Like that's so cool that our we have friends that do that, and I mean we do it too here and there, but mostly like you know we have people like Janet and people like Elliot who just love to film their friends doing something cool or fun or neat when yeah. it comes to line dance. Also, shout out to Daniel Navarro, who does oh, that. Yes, the, the Daniel does it to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it like, it's so special to be able to go back and see myself in some of these. So, like, that's, it's so totally appreciated. Um, but at the same time, like, tonight was the first time since Mavericks closed that I left my phone in the car when I went in to dance. And it was like, I knew there was a couple times I went to like go grab my phone and realized, oh, it's in the car. Okay. And it was like such a trip to see how it only happened a few times. I really would have thought it would have happened more in the sense like, you know, always just like, oh, I don't know this song. Let me just scroll through Facebook for three minutes. 
And instead, like I had to be present and I had to watch and I had to interact with other people. And, um, you know, it's like I met a couple of people tonight because of that, because I didn't have my phone. I, I was able to talk to them outside when I was sitting out for the couple two steps. And it was like, cool, you know, whatever. Um, and it was a great way to open up and meet people. Whereas normally if like my nose was down on my screen, they may not have approached me. Yeah, so it's certainly a thing where, like, I was really grateful that, you know, a couple people had phones for what had transpired tonight. But at the same time, I was really glad that I left mine in the car. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's one way to not depend on social media as you're, like, I'm bored now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think it is a very useful tool as well. I think it depends on uh, what your goals are, like what your intended role is to be. Because if you just want to be a promoter of other people, then that's great. It's great encouragement to like their videos and share their videos and um, comment suggestions for you know events they can check out next. Uh, if that's what you want to do, then that's like you're succeeding at it. Perfect. Um, but if you're using it as a way to distract yourself because you're afraid of making a dance and so you decide, I could work on it or I can see what's being danced in other places right now or, oh, look, somebody just had a baby and, oh, that dog is so cute, that's so funny, they fell in the water like, and now not, you're not doing any of the things that you, you had set out to do. Um, if... If you do need that kind of social media for maybe watching somebody's teaching method and they have a video posted of how they teach, like that's legit. That is pushing you toward your goal. Even if you are spending the first month just consuming, all you're doing is consuming how people teach, how people put together step sheets when they post them on Facebook, um, you know, how to give a diplomatic gratitude post and tag everyone in it like some people do that on on Facebook and if it's nothing you're used to and you don't know how to do one of those that's something awkward and stilted and all that stuff then yeah that's great to do is to go on Facebook and read those things because you might just be learning and soaking it all in for a month but eventually you will be creating some kind of output so that kind of consumption is fine if if it's constructive when it goes nowhere and it's totally forgotten later because you were just looking at like different colors of frogs or something like whatever it might be um, then yeah the time will pass you will have gained nothing um, lasting and you will be further behind than you could have been if you had started sooner with like getting serious on closing Facebook doing the difficult thing whatever it is and then coming back maybe as like a little reward little five, ten minute brain snack. Yeah, I like it. Are there any things that you would think of to, to give up since that was number 13? Uh, what was the first seven again since well, it's been a minute? Let us recap. Scrolling up, we've got give up on the unhealthy lifestyle, give up the short-term mindset, give up on playing small, give up your excuses, Give up the fixed mindset. Give up believing in the magic bullet. 
give up your perfectionism, give up multitasking, give up your need to control everything, give up on saying yes to things that don't support your goals, give up the toxic people, give up your need to be liked, and give up your dependency on social media and television. I feel like although it probably could be a subclass along the lines of like give up your excuses or whatever but although some of it is important for survival I think ultimately you need to give up your self-doubt your fear of inadequacy or anything along those lines Um, now in theory maybe these 13 things are if you give up all of that that's what you will be giving up in the long run but I think that's a big thing Um, I mean a small amount of fear is healthy because then like if you question is this dance done that gives you the opportunity to send it to someone else so that's kind of important but like if you're afraid to even start, you've already failed. So I think that's a big thing. Um, and with that said, being afraid of failure, because it's just a lesson. You know, it's that whole, I didn't um, fail a thousand times. I learned a thousand ways not to make a light bulb or something like that, whatever that quote is. Mm. Um, And it's true. If you look at every, uh, quote, mistake you've made, it's just a lesson for you to learn from and grow from. It's a way to better yourself. And it's just... Your self-doubt is just your fear talking. That's all. So if you can find a way to give that up, then... You know, there is no limit to what you can do. What about you? One that that uh, could also be a spin-off of one of the others um, would be. Let's see. This would probably be most related to a combination of give up your perfectionism and give up your need to control everything, and it's give up your attachment to expectation. Very sort of Zen or Buddhist kind of uh, idea and also kind of segues to a potential episode we may have in the future um, <laughs> on perhaps gratitude if if you I mean it's good to have goals and it's good to have plans whether you are an instructor uh, who you know, wants everyone to learn everything perfectly uh, or you're an event manager who uh, has planned to have 1,500 people and so 1,500 better show up or it's not a good event. Um, it would be nice, like the two uh, the dances that I you know, posted recently, I love them. Uh, my Shot and All the Pretty Girls available on Carpenter. Uh, I don't expect necessarily that anyone will do them but me. And maybe you, if you have any interest, maybe Keith. Um, and I think 
that makes it easier to create and to feel unafraid to create um, and then once it's created move forward like if you are attached to some idea of how things should be or must be in order for you to be happy if that thing doesn't happen then you just put in all that time and you set yourself up deciding ahead of time that you're not going to be happy I'm not allowed to be happy if this thing doesn't occur well, a lot of what occurs in this life is not up to you. So you are taking big chances on your right to be happy. Uh, so if you give up the necessity of things happening the way that you plan, then you'll just appreciate what is. I appreciate that I went through the process and the difficulty of first choreographing both of those um, and writing up the step sheet, going through the rigor of actually figuring out what are all the steps, how do I describe them, what wall do I face at the end of this, double-checking, sending them to you to proofread, mm -hmm. like sent, submitting them to the proper channels, like all those things that you do when you put a, a dance out there. And... I went through all the steps knowing that like that's those are just the things the natural things that you have to do um, in order for somebody else to gain benefit from your dance like it's a lot harder for them to follow it if they're just getting it off the video and the step sheet is a tool that will help them if they do think wow this is great I want to learn this uh, what are the steps <laughs> like that's what they're for yeah. putting all this time and effort into a step sheet is not at least I don't think it's the healthiest thing it's not in my mind the thing you have to do so that you can become rich and famous and all that other stuff. It's mm -hmm. not like, well, I paid my dues, now where's my prize? Right. Like, it is really supposed to just be a tool for people to learn. So if you give up the uh, attachment to what's due to you, what you expect based on what you put into it, and you just say, well, you know what? Um, one person, one person messaged and said, hey, great dance. Even if no person did it, like, you can be grateful that, wow, I really stuck with that. That was difficult. That was difficult to, to follow through on beginning to end, but I did it. I can be grateful for that. Go me! <laughs> and then move on. And you can find some other thing to enjoy and not worry about where that's going to go or what it's going to lead to or what the payoff will be. You can just take it for what it is you might learn some dance that's super difficult and you only ever get to do it once and then for some reason nobody ever wants to play it again at any event you ever go to but you know that you learned it and you had that one good experience with it or you learned it and it's always in your back pocket you can whip it out anytime because you went through the time to learn it and you're ready and that'll make you feel good you just got to take those blessings where you can and accept them for what they are and not need them to be anything more than that. Yeah, giving up attachment to expectation. Yeah, I think that's a good one. All right, well, we are parked. I'm very tired. We are very tired. The time is now 3.40 a.m., and my flight leaves from Palm Springs to SFO at 6-something. <laughs> So we still got some packing to do, and oh, 
I should probably take a shower. I'm very sweaty after <sighs> Big Shot Billiards. Did Mama's Broken Heart today. Well, actually, it just, it's just called Broken Heart. It's not Mama's Broken Heart by Virginie Barjon. Love that dance. And, uh, yeah. I hope this has been, this two-part series has helped people. Yeah. Uh, and, again, as we mentioned in part one, if you would like to check out the dances, my shot, or all the pretty girls, you can just Google those on, on the internet. And they are up now. The step sheets are available, and the videos are posted for walkthroughs and demos. And you were uh, gracious enough to be in the one of the all the pretty girls demos. If anybody is wondering, who's the pretty girl in that video? Oh, hey! It's all Megan. Oh. All right. <laughs> well, with that, I guess we'll sign up for the evening. Uh, thank you all for sticking out. Uh, a nearly one-hour episode of Lion Dance Podcast. We will catch you next time.